everyone. This is Kathy Mason from MesaWorks Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone with my new friend, Gary Wimmer. Hi, Gary. How are you, Kathy? Good to see you. Good, good. I didn't say the L, but okay. That's all right. <laughs> so, you guys, I am so fortunate that Gary contacted me uh, to start our new friendship because he is a, one of the most amazing psychics that I've ever met. And he uses a technique. Um, you can see his book in the back is lithomancy, mm -hmm. which I'd never heard of, that mm -hmm. is incredibly accurate. But we're going to talk some more about that in a little bit. He already was psychic before he found these tools. He's also had an NDE that we're going to find out about. So I, I just want to welcome everyone to know about this great resource uh, that we can use in business, in personal life, to go through all these changes that we're going through with ease and grace mm -hmm. and trust. Uh, trust God, trust love. So, um, so Gary, let's start with you. You have been a psychic and doing readings for over 40 years. Could mm -hmm. you give us, to start us on your journey of how that all started and and what that was like? I mean, uh, 40 years ago, that, was, um, that wasn't very common. <laughs> well, that's probably true. I was, uh, I'm 75. I was raised Catholic when I was a kid. Uh, and during puberty, probably like a lot of Catholic guys, I don't know about the Catholic women, but you know. <laughs> We start scratching our head and going, wait a minute, you know, questioning uh, the Catholic Church's uh, antiquated view of human sexuality. Uh, when I got to college, I started reading some Edgar Casey, Madame Blavatsky. Um, a lady did a horoscope for me and said I had a lot of natural psychic ability. Well, I was an electrical engineer at the time and always had an interest in it, but uh, never hit me very much until I got out of college and was... Uh, drafted i served as a conscience objector uh in the austin state school here from 70 to 72 and i started giving readings basically with a regular deck of playing cards i had a very strong interest in it and read a couple simple books um and i was also touring as a musician which was a challenge because i didn't have a good voice <laughs> that was rather uh, important then in the 70s with um you know, Eagles, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. So I went through a lot of depression trying to figure out how to make a living playing music. And I asked the universe to help me and so forth. Then out of the clear blue in 1977, it was January 31st, 1977. I started feeling strange. Things started feeling different. I couldn't put my finger on why or what, but then 24 hours, Life had completely changed. I started picking up thoughts of my roommates, my friends, people down the street. All of a sudden, I could pick up what everybody was thinking about. And it started driving me a little bit weird. Uh, I don't know where normal life went. But within 24 hours, I was living in a completely different world. And I got so psychic, I couldn't turn it off. I didn't know if there was a button. I didn't know why it was happening. But I couldn't ignore it. And so I was either picking things up or, on the other hand, sort of projecting into the universe because there was no there was no neutral. I would look at a complete stranger three blocks away and think, scratch your head, and the person would do it. And then I would think, did I make that happen? Or did I just happen to pick up in my curiosity that was about to happen and focus on that? I couldn't tell the difference. I could not tell the difference between observer in this universe and creator. I felt these guardian angels watching over me. Uh, they seemed to either call themselves the monitors or I kind of picked up that name. But it was the one thing that gave me a little sanity. Uh, I'll give you just a couple examples I wrote in the book. Oops, excuse me. Second <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a book about this uh, called Second in Eternity. Uh, just give you an example or two of what I went through. Um, we're going out to my roommate and I are going out to a club that night. He's concerned. I'm acting weird. He didn't know what to do. So let's go to a club and have a couple drinks. And I don't drink, so that didn't matter. Uh, in the back room, it was noisy. I went out, sat in the bar. 
And all of a sudden, I felt like taking a break, being outside. I closed my eyes, and I was standing outside in the same place I'd had a premonition about standing outside when I walked in. All of a sudden, I'm outside, and I see these people walk right through me. It startled me. I opened my eyes. Nope, I'm still in the bar stool. The door opened, and these people came in dressed exactly as I'd seen them. I thought, wow. I started trying that a couple of times, and I could nail them. I could see them right before. I could imagine myself outside. My roommate comes in, curious what's going on. I tried to explain it to him. I ended up showing it to him, baffled his mind. He couldn't understand it. Things like that went on three or four days later because I couldn't live a normal life. Everything was just in a surreal, surreal quality. I was have never been so scared and never felt so enlightened at the same time. <laughs> I was terrified because I couldn't turn it off and I didn't know why. And I felt like I was mystical and magic. It was, but it was not normal. <laughs> was, well, well, don't you think when whenever you have times like that, when you're out of 3D and you have a time like that and you have to still be in this world and the other, that that it's really, actually, it's kind of funny after you get used to it, but at first it's so disorienting, oh. right? right. But, then, but then it's fun. Anyway, well, I just it was disorienting, it but it was challenging. And the thing is, I couldn't turn this off. Yeah. I was in a restaurant with a friend who was concerned about me and he was asking, you know, you still going through this? I said, yeah. He said, explain it. I said, I can't. I looked at two ladies in the far end of the bar sitting by themselves eating lunch. Asked him, do you know any of those? He looked around and said, no, I don't think so. I said, I'm going to have the brunette who's not looking our way. Neither of them were looking at us. I said, I'm going to have the brunette write me a letter. He said, what? So I'm going to have her write me a letter out of clear blue. Perfectly harmless. While we're eating, he forgot about it. I kept thinking, woman, I'm the guy over here in this shirt, drawing a light like a laser beam right over to me. Write me a letter. I mean, who thinks like that normally? (laughs) But that was the only state of consciousness I could be in because I couldn't turn it off. I was either picking it up or projecting. And the projecting was kind of scary because I didn't want to screw anything up. Right, right. Ten minutes later, the ladies went walking out of the restaurant. She walked right by our table and she threw down a napkin. She'd written in big, black, bold letters. Why are you doing this to me? That shocked the, wow, I got to be real careful of every thought, every idea, everything that goes through my mind. And so I got even more ultra sensitive. I had a lot of instances like that. I wrote in the book, A Second Eternity, uh, a whole week of them. But I kept feeling these monitors. They call themselves the monitors. I seem to grab that name. They were like guardian angels. They were checking on me. They were watching me. It's my only little, I guess, uh, avenue to sanity. They knew what was going on. I didn't see them. I felt them. After a week of this, I was terrified. I was racing down Guadalupe Street here in Austin, Texas, and I was terrified. I was screaming, crying, praying. A lot of people are looking at me like, can we help this guy? And I kept, don't even get near me. I might explode. Uh, All of a sudden, in the height of this fear, I've never been so scared in my life. It instantly disappeared. Wow. I looked up and there's this huge light above my head. I look around and none of these people are watching me because the whole crowd, they kind of formed a circle around the crazy guy walking down the street crying and praying. Well, it got crazier. They didn't see this light. I did. I didn't care. I looked up and I saw these seven white, off-white robed figures with their hands on this crystal table about that thick, a, th- a thickness, an actual. I remember thinking if I had a ladder, I could touch this. I could stand up. A, and they said, do you trust us in one voice like a James Earl Jones? Real wow. Deep, I said, yeah, well, yeah, I trust you, but I don't understand what's going on. Do you trust us? And after a short conversation, I said, yes, absolutely. Now, these people on the street, to them, I'm talking to an empty sky. Uh I didn't care because within a second, as a pedestrian, I was 
head out, speed on, collision with a speeding car. Wham! I'm watching my body get tumbled. I'm outside my body. I kind of, it's almost kind of funny to watch your own body get rolled over by a car. A car hit it because I wasn't in it. My body was out there. I'm expanding outward like an edge of a balloon. The whole earth turned into a little dot. Then the whole solar system and then galaxies and then planets. I remember the first thing I saw was the whole earth from 365 degrees, North Pole, South Pole, all the way around because it was inside my psychic vision. My mm-hmm. body's still on Waterloo Street. I had pretty soon after this adventure, I had no awareness of me. I was just going through space and time, and it was beautiful. It was the most beautiful experience I could ever imagine, and it was about to get even more beautiful. I had no awareness of me. I came out of the edge of this universe, and I felt like I went through this level of consciousness called the colors that gives people who come into the universe, because that's how we come in at birth, and that's how we go out. We don't go out like an arrow. We go out in one expanding in all directions i saw it i lived i never even thought about that it became so apparent so at the edge of the universe i went outside went through this realm of consciousness called the colors that i felt the appropriate name it gives us the ability to use our senses to understand where we came from uh then i saw infinite universes ours is just one and they all seem to roll up into a big tunnel of light perfect description really is that I was launched through and ended up in this beautiful, infinite blue void, like sky colored. It was infinite mind. I had no awareness of me, but I had an uh, absolute awareness of it. And as a lot of most people who have NDEs describe it as infinite love, that's what I felt. Infinite love, incomprehensible yes. to a human. Of course, my body's back on the street, so I'm not observing it from a human mind. And um, in fact, I didn't. I wasn't observing it. I was at one with it. Infinite mind, infinite time, infinite creativity, infinite possibilities. Somewhere in this process, I felt like I was witnessing it instead of being at one with it. And I was pulled back through this tunnel of light and back through this to this universe and collapsing back into time and space and collapsing back into this solar system and this planet. I had no idea who I was. But right before I collapsed back into my body, I saw all these images, these pictures I wrote about in the book. Oops. <laughs> about the challenge we're going through now. Uh, this is 1977. I, nobody walked around the streets with Uzis and AK-47 shooting people. I saw these pictures. I saw COVID-19. It looked like a big golf ball, a big earth getting covered in oil. I saw 9-11. In 2001, I was playing over in Europe, and a guy on a cruise ship where I was playing said, hey, man, I think y'all got hit by terrorists. I went down, saw that second plane went through. I'd seen that picture in 1977 coming back into my body. So I saw all these pictures of what we're going through now, still unaware of me being the observer of these pictures. But they were they were haunting. They were scary. But then I saw another series of pictures which are the world we're going to inherit, the one we're going to clear it up, the, the, the enlightenment of mankind, the, the you know return of Christ consciousness, the, the good side of it. What we're seeing is all the holes in the boat, yep. everything that needs to be fixed so we can fix it. Because right. you can't fix something if you don't see what's broken. Finally, I saw a series of pictures that were about me, even though I didn't know who I was. And here I was a dis- a musician trying to figure out how to make a living with a half crappy voice. But I saw myself playing piano and going on tours and in Europe. And I thought, wow, looks like I might be able to make a living at this, you know, then I saw my body and it's like, wow, I'm home. I jumped into my body. Well, there was <laughs> first thing was this guy with this red hair, just screaming. Oh man, I couldn't stop. I tried to stop. I could I just been to heaven. I wasn't even hurt. I didn't feel a thing. Oh, God. I pushed him away and stood up and started talking to these people. Asked them if they saw the monitor. That didn't sound good. Within no time, I thought, well, I'm not hurt. Nobody's hurt. I'm going home. I can't deal with this. I started walking home, and then they all said, no, wait. The ambulance is coming to the hospital. The police, they just 
I thought, okay, I'll sit around and explain to him. Oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. So you, you, because of your enlightened experience, you didn't, you weren't hurt. I wasn't hurt at all. I never felt so good in my life. I jumped (laughs) in my feet. Well, I I can, I mean, that's what Joe Dispenza talks about, mind over matter. Yeah. So, so that is it. So most of the people I know, because I, I've been a volunteer for IONS, International mm-hmm. Association for Near-Death Studies, for six years, um, most people have recurring difficulties of th- their physical body after having their NDE. So in your case, it was just a, a icing on the cake. You had already been seen pre, pre-COG. You had a pre-COG. Mm-hmm. Um, experience and you were able to influence others um, and thank goodness you had some uh, virtues. <laughs> well, I was very lucky. I've read a lot of NDE stories. I've talked at IANS on uh, INDS, you know, uh, I spoke at uh, the meetings in San Antonio a couple years ago. I was, mine was unique in one or two senses. I went there and back in a split second I didn't stop in any levels in between. I just went straight up, straight down. But I got glimpsed at all these different levels. The whole experience lasted on Earth time just a second or two. But I named the book A Second in Eternity because I felt like I was gone forever and had no idea who I was. When I came back, I didn't I didn't feel it. No scratch. No, nothing. Wow, that's so cool. So, okay, so I want to ask about your guides that said, do you trust us right before it happened? Are they still working with you? And what did you call them again, your team? They seem to name themselves as the monitors or during 1977, before this incident, before the car wreck, they seem to say, call us the monitors or I jumped on. Anyway, I called them the monitors and they felt fine with that. Uh, I only saw him one time. Oh, I felt him before this car accident at the scene of the car accident. I saw him. They said, do you trust us? In other words, you're protected. Don't worry about a damn thing, which was exactly the case. Uh, I didn't, when I came back, I jumped to my feet. I felt like, wow, I just been to heaven. Uh, <laughs> people are screaming and hollering. <laughs> the, the driver's petrified. In oh. fact, he, he he keeps trying to hold me down, saying I'm in shock. And uh, I pushed him away a little bit. He filed an assault charge on me because he said I assaulted him. I didn't assault him. I just said, leave me alone. Let me deal with this, man. I'm not hurt. You know? Wow. Police came to the scene. All of them asking me what happened. How did I not get hurt? Well, as soon as I started to explain it, <laughs> they, didn't, they couldn't deal with it. They they took me to hospital. They wouldn't let me just walk home. Took me to the hospital, x-rayed me, checked me out, put one band-aid on the top of my head. I wasn't hurt at all. I felt no pain. Well, They're all asking me. And then finally, this, this guy comes into the hospital uh, emergency room, and I knew his name. Said He was a psychiatrist. I knew all about him. He walked up and I told him I knew all about him, and he was going, like, what? And I talked to him about his wife and his kids moving the furniture last week, and blew his mind i said right now doc i can tap into anything i mean i really can and he said well i've heard about this i've never seen anybody i said you are now he said well we can't let you just walk home do you understand and we're gonna have to have a mandatory commitments from a psychiatrist i didn't care (laughs) i mean you got me in jail they put me in jail because they had to get a mandatory commitment from a psychiatrist because they couldn't let me walk home so they put me in a psychiatric hospital. I didn't change my story. Within a couple of days in the psychiatric hospital, I was entertaining all the people, <laughs> playing piano for them. They called me Mr. Smiles. At the end of a week, he go before all the psychiatrists. They want to see if you're okay or if they need to extend another 10-day mandatory commitment. And I said, I ain't changing my story. This is what happened. I don't care if you people believe it or not. You can keep me here forever. What am I supposed to say? This didn't happen. You explain it to me. If you got a better idea, tell me how I didn't get hurt. Tell me how I didn't feel it. You know, yeah. police records are in the book. So it's the only wow. way I can really verify the police records of me 
getting smashed and cream and not even feeling hurt. You know? That's uh, so cool. That's the, so cool. One, one thing I wanted to mention, you asked about the monitors. I only saw them that one time. There was no doubt what I went through, but what I did not understand, why me? What did I possibly do to deserve this most beautiful of experiences? And I asked, and I asked, and it was about eight months later. I didn't see the monitors, but they appeared in my front yard, and they shot this little thought in my head like a laser beam. And they were repeating it in this voice, James Earl Jones-type low voice. <laughs> At the same time, I saw these screen credits like Superman going off in the distance. And what they said is, you had this experience because you always wanted to know. You're always curious. You're always asking. You start studying your whole life from the time of a Catholic uh, altar boy. You always wanted to know the truth of God. And you could handle the truth. And we took you and brought you back. Any problem? Wow. The car, wow. everything was lined up. I felt like when I got back, I was going to go through a lot of grounding agents. And I did. Cops, ambulance, police, family, judges, courts, you know. Uh because none of them could ever even believe this, and I certainly couldn't either. But they explained to me later, you got it because you wanted to know. That's cool. Curiosity. Well, yeah. Curiosity. Well, that's cool. And and I, I've heard that before from other people like Esther Hicks. Um, mm -hmm. Jerry wanted to know, so Esther became the, the medium. But, but um, back when this happened in the 70s, there weren't a lot of places where people were talking about this. People didn't have words for spiritually transformative experiences. Mm -hmm. Back in the 70s, you just had these Indian gurus or mystics, ancient mystics or mystical lead, uh, leaders all over the world, a lot of indigenous, that had mm -hmm. kind of gone behind the veil. But for you trying to figure it out and sort it out so it wasn't, so it was um, useful for for the good of all, that that was mm -hmm. probably why um, that experience, that near-death experience got you to see the expansiveness of everything and how you're creating. Absolutely. I didn't know the term near-death experience. I didn't know anything about Raymond Moody and life after life and all this stuff. Right? That was years later. Uh the people around me saw the experience, the effect of it on me, but I didn't talk about it too much for a couple of years because it took a while for me to integrate. Yeah, really. But I was not one of the people who had to go through intense feelings of doubt or therapy. To the opposite, I became so uh, internally empowered, I didn't want to do with it. <laughs> right, right. Well, they wouldn't have given you that either if they thought you would use it for ill. Absolutely. Too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, so, um, so I, I think that that's um, the reason why I asked about your guides is: Do you have different guides now that that help you, or do do you have uh, people, beings that help you? Yeah, I, uh, I knew when i saw the monsters they were my guides but whether they were going to be my daily guides forever i didn't know didn't think about later i started realizing i met a lady named alice wall one of the greatest psychics she taught me lithomancy and i met her in 1980 this happened in 77 i asked her about these guides and she called them arnos she said they've got a particular time limit like 150 200,000 years as we count time and i started realizing like there's all these different levels of consciousness and, and beings and entities uh, that have assigned criteria. Just like our big life is a bunch of little quantum subatomic particles, unpredictable, mixing together, making this seem rather yeah. concrete. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel very fortunate that I got a big overall grasp. I didn't go through a lot of depression over it at all. I went through a lot of anxiety about why me. But then once I realized that, it, the next thing was, okay, what, how do I put it to use? And I started learning that, especially when I learned lithomancy and met this lady named Alice Worrell. Okay. So so that's where I want to go next is talking about the lithomancy. Like lithograph, lithograph. It's a mouthful. So, so um, I was fortunate enough that Gary gave me a reading 
And it was so right on. It was amazing. And so um, when you when you want me to, I'll show that um, slide. Uh -huh. Yeah, whenever. But but why don't we talk a little bit about that journey? Because it I mean, it feels like um, you've been guided all along, whether or not you're aware of who's yeah. helping you. You it feels like they went that one can handle it. That one can help or humanity evolve. Mm -hmm. That one's in service to good. Um, and and I think um, the reason I really want to uh, highlight that is that there's so many people in transition right now that really could use a reading like this for themselves to, to help them trust the unknown that um, may be happening for them um, and all the changes that are going on mm -hmm. in the world right now, because we are in... Um, an opportunity to pick something glorious. I mean, that's, and, and again, be empowered. That's the other thing, the victimization virus <laughs> or fear virus, um, that can go away now and we can be totally um, co-creating with the universe mm -hmm. at a high level. And Gary's work could really help you do that. It's quite, he's, he's a, he's, down to earth, as you can hear, and he, his work is pure, full of love and light. And uh, I just gave him a testimonial and I just read all the other testimonials online. And I mean, Gary, people just have been so, so um, uplifted by your work. And that that's what I want to focus on that for everyone in the audience, that if you're in a a turning point or a time of um, uh, cho choosing something different for yourself that um, Gary's work could really help guide you to a, a much higher purpose um, I, that your soul's yearning for. That's why you might be feeling a little, little hazy on what to do next, right? <laughs> So, okay. So with that, I, I want, why don't you, um, if I can, I'll, I'll put your big screen again. And then um, if you could talk about the lithomacy and how you yeah. learn, how you learned about it. Well, in 1980, um, I met a lady named Alice Wall. Her pictures in these books. Uh, I was going through some challenging times and she, uh, I met her through a friend and she gave me a reading. Um, with some cards and throw cards and then with lithomancy, excuse me. <laughs> uh, I was blown away. I'd never seen this before. And I asked her if she would explain to me, because I like, as you said, I was already getting interested in psychic ability. I, I was using a regular deck of playing cards. It was real simple for me. Uh, and during 1977, when I realized that you can see symbolism from anything, because I could, I could look at a tree and pick up a, a, someone on a bicycle behind me. I mean, you know, everything, the interconnectedness, everything was uh, fantastically clear. So when I met the lady in 1980 who read Stone, she taught me her method, took about 10 minutes because it's very intuitive. It involves 16 stones. 10 of them are uh, represented by astrological symbols, sun, moon, uh, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Pluto, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, um, Neptune, did I miss one? And then six stones of life, life, love, luck, commitment, timing, and place. And if I do it over the phone, which is the way I do most of them now, especially starting with COVID, I charge them up in my hand. I have the person say drop. I drop them in a circle of leather that represents a clock. Uh, I start reading from... <laughs> I'll get this right, I swear. <laughs> Sometimes I switch the books to the other side. So I start reading in the center. I read up to 12 o'clock. I read around to three, six, nine. Read around like a clock. If stones land outside the circle, they could mean longer term events. And one thing I don't try to do is I don't try to pinpoint every person and name and exact thing that's going to happen on what day. That's not the kind of reading I give. Probably because of my curiosity what i've always asked in life is am i on the right channel if it's in the right direction i can figure the details that's what i help other people see is what they're going through and why and what it's leading toward mm. but remember free will is the 
number one gift of life. We get to choose how we act, how we think, how we react, how we perceive our intentions and our attitudes. We can't change the past. We can't change 10 billion things. Can't change other people. But our real power is in how we perceive and how we grow and how we evolve. And if it weren't for changes and curveballs and surprises, we'd be dumber than a rock. <laughs> that's what I, I kind of focus on in lithomancy is what people are going through and why and what it can lead for. Um, and uh, I feel very gifted and very fortunate to be able to help people because, God, I've sure asked a lot of questions of the universe to help me. But also, in 1977, when I first believed in miracles, getting hit by a speeding car and not even getting hurt, but better yet, getting a ride to Infinite Mind and back, tax-free. <laughs> <laughs> How can you complain? You know? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Luckiest person on the planet. So I'm very glad that I can help other people because I've had my dilemmas, challenges, fears, and doubts. But folks, we don't have to stay there. Right, right. Well, that's the other thing is that um, one of the things that I was told when I started doing my work was don't use it for parlor tricks. And, right. um, and I recognized your energy right away that this was this was in service to others that you were highly accurate. You were seeing maybe even more and your um, your level of kindness in communication was looking for the highest outcome. So it wasn't an influence of um, an outcome. It was a reading, but with um, the, the highest view of potential. I try to go there. I yes, try to keep myself out of it. Although I mention myself sometimes in readings because um, I'm the only person I know who's me. <laughs> you know? You're the only person you know that's you? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I'm going to show mine real quick so people can get a bigger picture than the front of your book, okay? Mm -hmm. So this was my reading, and as, as uh, Gary said, he uses this, um, uh, it's a leather, uh, like a rawhide circle. Mm -hmm. And then he, he tells you to, uh, he asks you, when should I drop? And he dropped and mine had these distinct pattern. Now, I was fortunate that he also let me um, pick two extra, extra stones, right, Gary? Mm-hmm. And uh, one was for my love life and one was for my business. So that's what these guys are. I don't know that you can see my cursor here, but anyway, um, at the very top. And so there was this pattern that arranged and he knows what each stone, just like a tarot reader knows what each card means. He knows what each stone indicates in, in your growth and in your path. Now, Gary, how long are these good for i mean is this do you do you get a an idea of um okay this reading is good for six months and come back again i usually look at it i usually look at it like a clock uh over a 12 week period okay but i can see the sun stone out by three o'clock yeah uh, so that means and i probably told you this because i would pick it up it's long-term power coming into play by the short-term changes of the spiritual connection here in the center. Neptune, Pluto, Uranus, that's a lot of spirituality. The two triangles, as I told you, I see a lot of triangles in readings now because triangles represent third eye, spirituality, yeah. pyramids. And we're all through this current grand awakening being encouraged to think in those terms of triangles, of power, of growth, of love, of expansion, rather than fear and doubt. Hell, watch TV. You get enough of that crap in five minutes. Oh, don't watch TV, really. So so yeah. what I want people to know is that um, I, I, I got this reading and I really was shocked how right on it was. I mean, um, there was no way that Gary would have known that I've been doing these classes with David Maria, Freedom from the Known, and that I'm working with these amazing um, healers and uh, change agents and ascension coaches in my business. And so he, he, just, he just nailed it. 
I was seriously. So, so that's why I, I was so excited that we could get him on and, and have you realize how you could get this reading. It's very affordable um, and get this reading to help you during these changing times because the energies um, are palpable for most of us. And uh, most of us that feel energy, they're, um, they're sometimes unnerving, sometimes out of, uh, you feel out of being grounded. You have to go out and hug a tree, <laughs> which I have one in the back that I do. Um, but, but, you know, it's disorienting as you, as you start to experience higher realm and we're all going to, we're, that's, that's our, so, so Gary, what, what I wanted to ask about the future a little bit, um, because you did in your near death experience, you saw a picture of the future, the good and bad and ugly, I guess. Um, but um, in my world, I, I see us um, co-creating a pretty happy ending that we don't mm -hmm. um, blow each other up. I mean, mm -hmm. um, that, that we do ascend to a higher frequency along with the earth, but could you talk a little bit about, because obviously you're doing this work and, and, and um, the other thing to let you guys know is Gary was playing guitar when he first saw that he was going to be playing piano. Um, actually, why don't you tell that story first and then we'll talk about the future. Okay. Could you talk about you? Sure. I started I started playing lead guitar way back in the uh, early 60s before the when Beach Boys, Jimmy Reed, Freddie King, all the pop songs. Of course, when the Beatles came out and the Stones, I just I learned every song. I played all the way through high school, all the way through college and most of my life in either bands and so forth. However, when I tried to play professionally after college, um, 1970s, it was a lot of vocal work and I'm not a good singer. You know, you don't even want to hear me try. <laughs> I just never had the good voice. So I went through a lot of depression trying to figure out how to get in a band. You know, as I told you in 77, when I had the near death experience, I saw myself playing piano. I saw myself touring in bigger places, better gigs. So it gave me the encouragement. But in 1980, uh, I quit traveling on the road because I was always coming back broke, you know, and have to go back on the road again to make money and pay rent to the, to the apartment I never stayed in. <laughs> start driving me crazy. Uh, I quit traveling. I got some jobs in local country bands in the early 80s, big dance halls, made a lot of money. I uh, didn't even have to practice, just show up with my amp. So I used all this time to teach myself piano. In 1980, I started learning piano. I knew chords, I knew songs. I just didn't know how to finger a piano. So I had to teach myself stride, walking bass, chords, riffs up and down. I practiced 12 hours a day, literally every day for about three and a half years and then talked my way into some piano bars. I didn't start playing piano to, to play piano bars. I started playing piano to have two instruments. Uh, but after three years, I went out to some piano bars one day and they all needed piano players. And I, yeah, go play something. I go, da, 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 da. yeah, hire you. So, <laughs> all of a sudden I got three piano gigs in the best piano bars in town where the best piano players play. Now, oops. Well, I came out to see if they hired me and they did. So don't quit. <laughs> so I started playing piano and I'm not a good singer and I'm not a very good piano player, but there's one thing you can realize I had six brothers. I can talk and I learned to be a good entertainer. Uh, all the other piano players came out to see me one time at a happy hour. Cause all of a sudden my name's appearing on their roster and they came hear me a little happy hour on sixth street. And, I kind of was shy. They threw a couple of jar, dollars in the tip jar. I sat down with them later and thanked them not for throwing a beer. I told them I'd only been playing a couple of years and I know I'm not a very good singer. And they agreed, but said, you got to admit, you got the audience in the palm of your hand. Damn right. Because that's what I'm shooting for. Yeah. I'm not shooting for a record deal. I'm shooting to make sure these people stay here, invite their friends and buy drinks. That's the gig. Right, uh, right. So it's all... It, uh, you know, I wasn't didn't have the world in my favor in a musical career, but I made it. Uh, I can't underscore determination, flexibility, 
openness and more than anything spirituality right get your guides your god your universe your power to line up with you and you have to ask that's one thing i really learned from my near-death experience because like i said i was even curious why i had this deal and eight months later they said because you asked you know have to ask our guides our higher mind knows that we come here with free will and they do not have the right to go screw with it right yes so you have to decide to open up and decide to ask for help and then like it says in every religion I ask you and you shall receive it doesn't say we'll send it to you and hope you figure it out and give it <laughs> uh, right be proactive be proactive right well th that's part of the reason why i asked you to talk about this because um again during these changing times where ai is getting um mm -hmm. as part of the scenario and people may have to retool their skill set in order to ha live a happy life that um that even even though you may have a connection uh, in a spiritual way, you, you chose to be here right now during these big changing times on earth and to play a part because there isn't any mistake that you're here. There so, are no accidents. There are no coincidences. Everything, in my opinion, my opinion, is cause and effect, including you being you, me being me, and this being our universe. Cause and effect is everything, not accidents or coincidence. We just use those words because we don't want to scratch our heads and try to figure out everything that made it happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, see, that part of that is, too, when you realize that everything's for you and mm -hmm. that, you, um, that you're part of all that is, um, then it's a whole different experience. You're not a victim anymore. You're just mm -hmm. going, okay, what's this lesson I'm supposed to learn and how fast can I learn it so I don't have to have it again or or I can um, release the pain of it because it's not like you, um, it's all, it's all, whoever designed this, it was just so genius how everything is. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's yeah. perfect. But if we, we chose to be who we are, infinite mind gave us free will to exist on this level, on this planet, or one of the infinite levels of other realms. There's no limit. But on Earth, we all have certain things in common, genes and history and so forth. Uh, and we do go through different lives. But if we really want to understand why we go through this and what happens and so forth, we got to ask. We have to ask. And once you ask, you open a floodgate full of power. Right. So right. even even your your title here, what's it what conscious decision or something? Conscious business zone. And then conscious business. Yeah. I mean, consciously you choose to make that happen. Right, right. Well and not uh, everything we not everything we work on is gonna work. We're gonna get curveballs, we're gonna get surprised, we're gonna get kicked in the face, but keep going. Eight out of ten is better than zero out of zero. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's the other thing that I've really um, seen um, with near-death experiencers. A lot of them have gotten their superpowers after mm -hmm. they came back, and they're fearless. There's a woman, Ingrid Hunkala, that mm -hmm. drowned as like a three- or four-year-old, and she's a marine biologist for NASA. <laughs> I mean, these people, that, that's what I mean. It's like, okay, once I'm not afraid of death, I'm not afraid of living. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, right? Absolutely. It liberates you because you got infinite beauty on one side. Well, that should at least make you not worry about that. <laughs> people never worry about death. You can't do anything about it except live a good life. Now, period. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, so so I do want to know about anything that you could uh, give us a hint about a positive future. Um, uh, well, I, I I I just toned that by saying positive, but but um, I think that people are, um, you know, the the lockdown during during the pandemic and then the the whole um, reduction of our of our um, freedom actually mm -hmm. has been really hard for people. And um, 
what I'd love is if there was some way that you could help us um, see how we regain our sense of freedom or um, co-creator uh, uh, moniker, co holding up our um, skills and gifts as um, as a way, a path to to happiness, joy, um, trust, all of that. We'll have a lot of empathy, especially for young people who've gone through this uh, crazy times, you know, and seeing us uh, people in my age who run the country not do such a good job sometimes, especially when it comes to guns and hate and that stuff. But we're all in a challenging world. Every every country every person is going through extremes right now look at all the societies people are drawing a line they're fed up it's it's understandable and in some degree it's necessary because we have to get our fire out get our anger out uh one way or another but i'm an optimist because we're all getting to see through interrelationships with ourselves with our universe with our neighbors our countries the craziness we see every day, we all get to learn, if we choose to, to upgrade, to become wiser, become smarter. Don't be part of the problem, be part of the, the solution. That's, and right. that, that's really, everybody can be part of the solution. An individual's little personal gift of love, just in their own head, in their own time, in their own space, has an effect. Yes. It does have an effect. It's not your. It's not a worthless contribution that gets blown away like a leaf in the wind. No, it's valid, and you have no idea how much you can add to the world anonymously. Build yourself consciously, help your people around. You have no idea how many miracles you have. I believe in miracles. I can't stop the war in Russia. I can't stop the whole Ukraine. Excuse me. Um, I can't change the whole world. But my contribution, just like everybody's, is if it's good intentions and good heart, it does make a difference. And that's why we're going through this challenging cycle. I can't see everything that's going on in the future because every day, every day, there's 10 or 15 other, oh, God, now this, you know. But everything we go through, we can make it, take advantage of. We can learn, we can grow, we can evolve. We can benefit from it. We might as well because we've either A, have gone through it, or B, or are going through it. Right. We might as well benefit. That's my choice. Right, my right. Choice. Well, and, and that's your worldview. I, I really think that um, your programming, if you start, start dropping your programming that it came from your upbringing, which God love them, they tried to, they tried mm -hmm. to help us and they didn't know any better either. So um, you drop that and then you start focusing on really what you came here to, to contribute. Um, the, there, the, there's no junk here. This, this is all um, defined. But what I wanted to share with everyone, buddy, is that um, Gary says he can't see the future, but he can see your future. And um, when you do that reading, um, you'll, you'll see it's remarkable. I mean, I, I've had a lot of readings in my past. I've had a lot of cards. I have a lot of card decks. I love them. <laughs> I mean, I just, um, I didn't pull one today, but <clears throat> I, I love that whole, um, idea of infusing the energy and then reading it out. But, but what Gary does is quite remarkable and it really could be just the thing that helps you, um, make that positive decision for yourself, have the courage to be seen. A lot of people that um, are um, still have superpowers, but they're still hiding because of past life. Um, uh, influences are afraid to come out and play. It's, a, it's safe to come out and play. And by having a reading, you'll see, um, you'll see a, a sequence of times that Gary sees for you, and he, he's an amazing psychic. Um, so you can see and uh, what what's in store for you, right? And if I could make one comment, this I learned this through my near death experience: uh -huh. how symbolism 
you can pick up anything from anything because everything's interconnected. When I was, I lived in Europe all during the 90s, lived in Copenhagen, Denmark. I was a musician, got a lot of, I played all over Europe, Scandinavia. Um, and a lot of people knew the musicians I knew over there, a whole bunch of them, soloists like me. Uh, a lot of people in the clubs, they all knew I gave readings and a lot of times they would want a reading and I wasn't charging. I just give them a freebie if I had my stones with me. But most of the time I didn't because I was changing. I was staying in town or my girlfriend's place or a musician's place, three or four different places. And then one day I decided, no, I'll give you a reading. Come on up. And I decided to just have them arrange things on a table, a guitar string, an ashtray, a trinket, a earring. You go arrange a bunch of stuff in a circle. I'll go make some tea. I'll come back in two minutes and I'll read the stuff that you rounded up on the table. And I did. And I could. I could pick up valid information just by looking at a bunch of junk that someone would arrange. Wow. And the reason I wanted to mention that is because I would have never even thought about that had I not gone through my near-death experience and seeing everything interconnected. But uh, yeah, I don't have to have my stones with me. They're nice and convenient because I really know how to use them. <laughs> you know, how to interpret an ashtray next to a car and a wedding ring and a trinket. It's a little trickier, but it still works. That's wow. Wow. You can pick up anything from anything if you set your mind to being open to that possibility. Because if you don't, you can't. Right, right. Well, it's it's focus and it's it's intent. So that those are the two things, and that would be true about any success in life. The focus and intent. Um, so Joanne Paladino, who um, whose channels in this group of beings called uh, the Beings of Light, it's Shamaya, the Beings of Light. Mm -hmm. She put a genuine soul indeed. So. Yeah, thank you, Joanne. So, um, so anyway, so um, is there anything else? Should we show the website? Is there anything else that you'd like to share that that I didn't ask you about? That um, really, this this uh, audience that that uh, I I really want them to realize what a gift you are and and uh, how how they. They should jump on the opportunity. <laughs> well, I am so grateful that for whatever quirk of luck, decision, fate, whatever, I got to be, uh, I never got to be a rock star, so did, but uh, that's, uh, I'm glad I can help people. I've gone through so much, so many challenges, so much fear. Uh, I have to admit, I'm pretty fearless now. You know, nothing scares me, really. I mean, I could change tomorrow, but I've been through a lot of tomorrows with that same mentality. I'm still rather fearless. Uh, we all go through fear. We all go through doubt. As I say, when we learn to drive, we all hit the damn curb, but you don't have to keep hitting the curb. You don't have to keep going through doubt. You don't have to keep feeling. But if you didn't go through depression, you'd never learn how to cure it. If you didn't go through anxiety, you'd never learn how to deal with it. If you didn't go through a curveball or change, you'd never learn anything new. So basically, folks, take a deep breath. Everything's really okay. <laughs> meditate get your heart your mind your spirit on a higher level ask your guide to help and by doing those simple things internally cost you no time no money no space you start growing and evolving and learning your purpose and how to make the things around you work now you can be the greatest human being on the planet and you can be mother Teresa and still get hit by a lightning bolt but that doesn't mean don't be mother Teresa don't be a good soul Right, right. And don't be afraid of some lightning bolt hits you. Go do your thing. <laughs> right, right. But but again, the world your worldview of being in service is really the key. And this um conscious business zone, a lot of the people that watch it are small business owners that are servant leaders, and mm -hmm. they spend a lot of time working on um giving love and um support and mm -hmm consideration to their employees and to their customers and so that's why i wanted them to meet you because then um then they could have help with working on themselves as well that's what so, it's all about yeah all yep, about yep. working on ourselves yeah so i'm going to show your uh website now if that's okay mm -hmm. okay so and then you can try tell me what, where to scroll let's see let's get it to go all the way up. There we go. 
Well, that's my website. I wrote it many years ago. I know it's old technology and old dating style, but uh, I'm too busy to upgrade it right now. Yeah. Uh, this is basically explain what I do. Um, and most of these links have, have radio shows or appearance or uh, a couple of videos. I made that myself about how I do lithomancy. There's some other ones online. Uh, this, uh, the short story is a lady who for her high school or her senior project in film school, I think, or photo journalism. Yeah. Oh, this one? Yeah, she wanted to make one, so I thought it was kind of neat, so I put that one on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it well, is. that is a bunch of uh, uh, appearances on different shows I've been on. Uh, Jeff Marr, you know, INDS, Louis Free, Jim Masters, Big Daddy, a lot of, uh, and that's just some of them. I've been on a lot of shows because uh, I like to inspire people. Right. You know, I, like to, I like to encourage people because... <laughs> I've certainly gone through some challenges, so I encourage others to always think outside the box. Think in terms of how much you can learn, grow, benefit, uh, yeah. expand. Yeah. yeah. I'm an optimist. I encourage everybody to be an optimist. But yes, we are going through a big, big change in this whole world right now. Everybody's affected. Uh, but if I can help shed some light your way i sure feel fortunate lucky and um grateful that i can even do that yes yes i i want to i i just want to put my ring in the hat of of uh complimenting your work and uh the quality and um encouraging people to to take a chance at getting a reading that might actually put them on the right direction um, we're almost exhausted with all the choices that we have to make mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, I use kinesiology a lot. I mean, seriously, I'm even in the grocery store doing mm -hmm. it. And, uh, go, and people look at you and it's like, cucumbers? <laughs> Organic or plain, you know? Anyway, so, um, so I think whatever tools that we use that help us support us to be show up in love and light and be creative um, co-creators with the light absolutely right now because that's what that's what this time is about it's illuminating everything that isn't of the light so it can be released and um, the more of us that are in our heart and working towards that goal um, which I believe most of the people that watch this show are, um, that's that's what I want to encourage them to get the tools, get the support you need. Um, a lot of times you can't see yourself. You can't sure. see your programs. You can't see your story. But you open your mouth and everyone else can. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gary, thank you so much. I, I hope this... Um, this uh, time together uh, lets people know and gets a feeling for your loving heart and and how down to earth and beautiful soul you are. Um, and I, I just um, want to thank you so much for the work you do because uh, we just this is the time that all of this changes. Uh, oh, I, I yep, yep. This is time to show up. So you guys get a reading and and uh, see how different your life can be. Um, with that positive expectation. That well, the, the world couldn't be going through this big, massive change a hundred years ago. Well, it could, but nobody know about it. There's no internet. It wouldn't happen. Now we know everything that's going on all the time. We're all connected. And I even encourage people who go through relationships. You know, it's not that you're a failure. It's that now we're having to go through several in one lifetime. You know, yeah. ladies, if it don't work, don't worry about it. Guys, don't move on it's a we're, we're learning a lot fast because we have to clear out a lot of rubbish so we can get the pipes clean <laughs> yeah yep yep but but the spiritual journey is real it's uh it has a lot of joy at the end of the rainbow and um gary could be a, a helper to you on your spiritual journey so well thank you so much gary i i hope i get to talk to you again soon thank you <laughs> delightful if people want to get a hold of me, they can go to the simplest way is lithomancy.com, L-I-T-H-O, 
M-A-N-C-Y.com. It goes okay. to the same link to Gary Wimmer Psychic. Thank you, Kathy. Yes, thank, thank you for the work you do. Girl. Oh, sure, 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 sure. I, I, I'm, I'm still learning and growing from all this. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I hope everyone does too, because the energy we there's lots of things to be um, applauding, not just the other. So I and I applaud you. Thank you, dear. Live in light, not fear. Yeah, that's right. Perfect. Thank you.